one on the desert. And tonight you will hear many mysteries of the desert. Some are cruel and terrible. Others sublime. And a persistent view remain inexplicable by our current metrics of understanding. Desert is wilderness stripped bare. And when left alone, it's creation imperfection. The landscape is vast and it is visible. The geology raw and exposed the plants and animals in ideal proportion. Fresh water is generally in limited supply. But that has never stopped life from thriving in these lands of little rain. species has always been fond of these harsh and arid places. The first civilizations rose up from desert sands, Mesopotamia, and ancient Egypt. The wilderness of antiquity was wild desert. That's what they meant. And that's where our philosophers and our prophets went to meditate on mountaintops, to abandon society for a while and sleep under the stars or within limestone caves to argue with devils and commune with the angels. There were many river valley civilizations in the North American desert too. Long before our current mass of outlet malls and cell towers and interstates, the Hohokam and the Salt River Valley, beneath modern Phoenix, the ancient Pueblo culture of the Four Corners, the Taos Pueblo is a rare unbroken link to those very past despite the plastic letters on the gas stations on the same banal television program beamed or streamed into every home. Taos is more or less as it was when Hernando de Alvarado arrived uninvited some five centuries ago. And as it had been for centuries earlier, when the Roman Church was still struggling to Christianize the diverse peoples of Europe. Through a combination of accident and intent, much of the American desert remains mostly intact today. Mostly wild. The accident was in the claiming of so much American territory by the U.S. federal government in the mid-1800s. 
actions taken to prevent competing claims and occupation by Spain, Mexico, France, England, Russia, all of our old imperial rivals. The places with surface water attracted some settlers despite the heat and the sandstorms and scorpions. While the vast walls of mountains and expanses of dry lakes and scorched valleys were spared too much permanent development. This was followed by traumatic efforts to preserve and protect these desert ecosystems as national parks and monuments, federally designated wilderness, actions inspired by the nature mystics of American transcendentalism, like John Muir, himself a desert rat, You know, the John Muir Wilderness is surrounded on three sides by the Great Basin Desert. He got down there now and then when he wasn't worshiping trees. But he was a disciple of Ralph Waldo Emerson, the Harvard theologian who created a new religion for this vast North American nation, a Gnostic religion. Gnostic meaning knowledge, to know, gnosis. For the good reverend, transcendence required no churchly conduit. The human soul could directly experience the truth and knowledge of the creator and of creation through direct experience with the latter. Nature itself, wild nature. No priest needed. In the 21st century, conservationists aim to protect entire ecosystems, and not just photogenic islands of flora, and a fauna surrounded by industrial mining and eroded cattle range. Even without the dense forest we associate with the crucial storage of carbon on this planet, wild desert forms an immense carbon sink. Over a third of our planet's landmass, from the ancient aquifers beneath the parched surface to the vast networks of cryptobiotic crusts that bind the desert together. There's good crypto and bad crypto, is what I mean. Don't throw out the word with the worthless computer currency. Crypto means concealed, secret. Just beneath the desert surface is a complex and hidden world of life, and it holds it all together. The Joshua tree and the juniper, the black brush, the sagebrush, the creosote. 
This is a brief attempt to answer a complex question. Why is so much of the American desert held in public trust? Uh, the answer is not intended to negate the deliberate horrors visited upon indigenous cultures, the wide-scale extermination of desert species, or the determined efforts today by industrial fanatics to reverse our limited protections of this earthly paradise. Because the earthly paradise is real. But it used to be the whole world. That's the immeasurable loss recounted in the universal tales of the Garden of Eden. Of which we were thrown out and shame and hunger. That's the immeasurable loss described in the universal tales of the great deluge, the great flood. After the last ice age, when the salt water of the Mediterranean rose up over the Bosphorus and flooded the low-lying areas that circled what was then the freshwater Paradise lost. From wandering bands of happy humanity to the toil and misery of the work week of agriculture of the boss man and the warlord on the crazed old king. When you are in the great desert wilderness today, you must carry some understanding of why it's like that. Why it's so contrary to the numbing sprawl of our current civilization. It's the way it is because people spent lifetimes fighting to keep it that way. Suffering more defeats than victories. Because when you love a place, that is what you do. If this landscape affects you, affects your soul in some manner, you may have no choice but to join the noble and holy effort. We can use the help out there. Whether you become a park ranger, join the Conservation Corps or disappear into a cave in the Eastern Sierra or volunteer a couple of times a year to clean up a nature preserve or lead school kids on backcountry hiking trips. You might even become an outlaw. You might even become a hero. We are not so far away from the old times, from the times of adventure, of great deeds. So do not fall into the traps of anxiety and hopelessness. There is purpose waiting out there for anyone who comes in honest pursuit of it. 
or revelation in the desert is available to you in our time. It may fit a practice or a theology that you bring, along with your water, your walking sticks, and your IPA cans, and your yoga mats. Or it may shatter your psyche entirely. Both are worth the effort, worth the trouble, worth going where few others travel, worth leaving behind the dull comforts of tourist resorts and hamburger chains. Some people see the face of God, wherever she is. get blasted by light beams on a desert highway. Some people fall off a boulder and spend days wondering if they'll live or die, and it's always one or the other. I witnessed pure, wild joy on the face of a visitor, simply because there was no telephone signal available, no electronic map display to show the nearest cluster of coffee and fast food franchise locations on the honky-tonk highway. Out here beyond the robotic grip of a civilization in disarray and despair, I promise you will feel human again, if only for a little while. Should this experience of old wonder appeal to you, then you will be back as often as possible. And you may have no choice but to call the wilderness home. And if it's home, you have no choice but to defend it. There's nothing more fun than having a purpose in life. Welcome to Desert Oracle Radio Live. Auditorium. But it's good to see you now. To see your silhouettes, anyway. It's good to come out to the city now and then for a good cause, a good reason. Now, would you please welcome uh, our musical director, Red, Blue, Black, Silver. He comes all the way from his hidden cave in Joshua Tree, somewhere. Don't try to find him. Don't wander the night listening for his sounds, because his cave is completely soundproof as per National Park regulations. program tonight and everybody hearing it later will know it's a live recording so you're welcome to make some racket make a little noise when the spirit moves you somebody came up to me after the last show which was in Portland, Oregon 
And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I was laughing. And I said, you know, I, I, I do try to put a little entertainment in the show. I don't mind. It's not a funeral. Hey, you should laugh at funerals, too, you know, if you appreciated the person. Or if they're a comedian, say, a Rodney Dangerfield. Who followed me on Twitter recently, and I thought that was kind of weird. Happy winter storm season to you all. Even Los Angeles looks sort of clean, I noticed. After a couple of blasts like we've just had, and we'll hopefully keep having, remember to do your rain rituals. A lot of people these days only burn a votive candle or whatever for their own personal gain. Like those votive candles when you've got a court date. Have you seen these? Maybe for a criminal charge or divorce case, whatever, you buy one of these candles, and they're called Lawyer Gets Sick, and you get that, the Botanica, and you burn it the night before, and on the side of it, there's a cartoon of this sort of cartoon lawyer, and he's tripping and falling, and briefcase, all the papers are flying everywhere. What's it off? What's off the trouble for a little while? Maybe the judge will say, well, case dismissed. Lawyer got sick. You're free to go. Do some magic for the community, too, for the world. We need it. There is nothing like taking a walk a hike, a ramble, up the mountain, down the wash, along the dirt road, after a winter storm. Everything is clean and beautiful. The birds are chirping happily. The coyotes are joining together in their raintime autumn carols. And all the bugs flushed out by the rain or running around the floors of your house or apartment. Just a short little burst of life before it gets really cold up there. Listen at the tail end of uh, this show that we're doing right here. I'm going to invite a couple of you uh, to share your own weird campfire story. You don't have to use your actual name. You don't have to give your social security number. Just come up and tell a little story about about something weird. There's a sympathetic crowd. And when we do these shows, it tends to draw kind of repressed memories out of people, you know. We did a show 
late last year, I believe. And I could not get anybody to come up and tell a story. This was in Dallas, I think. Uh, and I saw somebody get up and kind of walk toward the stage. And I said, hello, welcome, come on up. And she kind of froze. And then she said, I was actually just going to the bathroom. Well, there's no way I can go into this whole second part. 
which is when it gets especially weird. But uh, I think it's going to be uh, in a radio show or a book coming up. We ran out of time. Thank <laughs> you.